from Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hey, hey, out there in podcast land. It is uh, your faithful moderator, Justin Russell, here from Podcast Village. Joining me as I do every time we record this podcast is to my left. She's the latest addition. She is the former comms guru over at your U.S. State Department. She is the head of Politigal. She is Aaron Harbaugh. Hello, Aaron. Hello, good afternoon, Welcome back. Justin. Thank you. And across from me, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade. He is the one we know as the Honorable Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And joining us on the phone is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy. He's the one we know as Admiral Ken Carradine. Hello, Ken. Hi, Justin. Hi, everybody. And joining us uh, en route to said Studio A, but can't do it without him, is the Democratic political operative and bar licensed attorney in the great state of Maryland and the District of Columbia, Dan Lipner Esquire. Hello, Daniel. Howdy. And, of course, behind the glass, we've got Charlie Burney, our proprietor and uh, our host here at Podcast Village. I'm here. Maddie the Engineer is doing Maddie the Engineer stuff. And is Emma, is is producer Emma running around, or what's her story? No, we haven't seen her yet? All right, we've got to figure that She's out. She's AWOL. She's AWOL. That's not good. That's a great. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's get right to it. The the There's so much that we got to cover over this week in between all the active stuff like the New Hampshire primaries, the recap of Iowa, and the fiasco that was the caucuses. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about, because when we recorded last week's episodes, the what we expected to have happen happened. That would be the acquittal of Donald J. Trump on the accusations of abuse of power. And uh, the, well, Alan, remind me, the second article of impeachment, the abuse of power and the, the obstruction, of, obstruction justice. of justice. Thank you. Uh, the for, president for, for the refusal to uh, 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 make obstruction witnesses of Congress, not just obstruction you. of Congress. Thank, thank you, Dan. Th- thank you. Thank you. So he, the obstruction of Congress and the uh, the abuse of power articles of impeachment, he was acquitted of. Uh, needless to say, he also did a State of the Union, which many feel was a victory lap. Others say that was a justification for his presidency and the best one he's done. Lots of stuff to cover. Let, let let's first of all talk about the drama surrounding the acquittal. Um, We had talked about it a little bit, Alan, as far as the surprise that we got that the Senate chose not to hear any witnesses going in, including the big money one, which was John Bolton. Uh, Was that a signal that uh, the, that was that a red flag that the Republicans should have seen as far as, you got to get in line here or else it's going to be bad day in Oxbow. Oh, come I was, on, that, that's I, a, I was with, you, with you till you got to your closer. <laughs> I have no idea what your question is. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, was there, was there, was there a red flag that, that said that, you know, you're going to get in line. Mitch McConnell had whipped the votes. The president was watching, you know, nobody was going to go against the people we thought were going to go against Susan Collins, uh, um, Collins and Romney were the two who voted. And Murkowski, we thought before she announced, but she ultimately announced before the vote, 
I mean, should there have been a red flag? A red flag about what? About 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 voting inside party lines. Well, we knew that there was going to be largely a party line vote. The only question was whether the three, four, five, six uh, Republicans might, in fact, vote to at least hear from John Bolton. Uh, and possibly w- one person on the other side, likely Hunter Biden. There was talk about that, including around the right. table. Um, and and I, I think that 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 the sentiment that carried the day of that little group was the sentiment expressed by Lamar Alexander when he said, in effect, I think that the House uh, made the made their case. Uh, or if, if you will, the witnesses who appeared before the House made their case that and that occurred weeks earlier. Um, and we don't need one more person to tell us what happened when right. we know what happened. Therefore, I'm going to vote against more witnesses. Right. So that was a very significant comment. And and what, what numerous the, other Republicans came the, around and said, what yeah, a, what he said. What about the what about the comments that say that Lamar Alexander uh, copped out? That uh, Marco Rubio, in his comment, who basically said, "Yeah, I think he did it, but what good is it to remove the president? What, 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 what you know, it's not good for the country to remove the president for this." Uh, there's there was other sentiment by other Republicans that said similar statements. What what does that I mean? What does that garner them as far as protecting them politically or? or even down the road. Well, let's let's acknowledge that, crazy as it may sound, some of these people meant and believed what they said. Lamar Alexander is retiring from the Senate. He is in his late seventies. Uh, he's a highly principled man of of public service for many years, a one-time candidate for president, right. one-time secretary of education, a two-term senator. He, he said, or three, I guess, uh, said what I, what I said. He said, I think the president did this. He said, we don't have to see more witnesses. And then he said, uh, when it came to his vote, I don't believe that the sin, which in fact was committed, warrants his removal. I think that Lamar Alexander right. believed that. So there's there's this notion on all sides of this great cynicism, of which there's ample amounts uh, in this city. But right. I think there are a lot of folks so who thought that Dan, that was the case. Dan Lipner, this brings up the the other question for the Dem side. Knowing full and well, I mean, this is not really a surprise that we had party line votes on the acquittal of the president on these two articles of impeachment. I mean, we could have scripted this ourselves. The reality, though, is does this prove the point, and I think we said it here on this show before, that the Dems overplayed the hand, that they would have been better off once they realized that they were not going to get what they wanted uh, to possibly look at a censure deal, which probably could have gotten some Republican support behind it, but it didn't include removal. Why overplay the hand? And Dan Lipner's not there for that. Good grief. So, uh, so I didn't actually hear you say my name, but I'm, I'm about to be in the studio in about two seconds. So okay, so I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah. I'll, I'll go. I'll go somewhere else. But I want you to answer that question here, Aaron. Let's go to you because the the optics of of the Republicans being so in lockstep with the White House was hard to 
not see. How is it that the Republicans are going to be able to go back to their districts and justify the fact that, you know, for example, Marco Rubio goes back to South Florida. He's got to sit there and go, yeah, I think he did it, but I wasn't going to remove the president. How does he justify that in what could be arguably a purple area? That's an excellent question. I personally, <laughs> I would have a hard time explaining that. I think that, you know, many have explained all this. This would not be uh, this, certainly the optics, but per- perhaps not the public rhetoric that many Republicans were fearful of voting against the president. So obviously that's not going to play in uh, one's home district, but that is certainly a plausible explanation for me. Um, In terms of Republicans' rhetoric, um, I think that'll be an interesting one to follow and right. and and see how they 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 justify this. Uh, it doesn't seem like many have really discussed it, and uh, I don't think that they have anything to benefit from raising it. Right, right. Admiral Ken, you're down there in, in Florida. How's this going to play with folks down in uh, South Florida? How's it going to play with the I four corridor? How's it going to play in North Florida? So. So South Florida is a really interesting place, as you know, Justin. Um, it vacillates county to county from red to blue, red to blue, red to blue. A uh, few of the areas are purple, if you will. Um, I think that in speaking with my, 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 my fellow Republicans uh, who unfortunately have, have fallen the ways of uh, the Trumpster, um, they are quite pleased that Marco Rubio – uh, didn't uh, vote against the president, and I think had he done so, there would have been uh, a, a real push to be primary, and, and I think Rubio knows that. On the other hand, those people who are on the blue side of the aisle uh, are probably more incensed to find a, a competitor to run against Rubio the next time, as successful or unsuccessful as that might be. I think, quite frankly, and, and I, I, you know, I, I had kind of a, an exchange with, with, with our colleague Dan Lipner uh, over the last week or so about this. I think that this – it should not go without saying this. This is probably you know, one of the worst weeks for the Democratic Party. Uh, when you look at, at the debacle in, in Iowa, when you look at uh, what a, a, uh, a, a, an abject failure this approach was to remove the president from office, um, I think, in, in, in with the with the the way that that uh, I think Nancy Pelosi, uh, in my opinion, uh, lost the bubble there during the State of the Union speech. Uh, I think, quite frankly, things are not looking real good for the party. I think that any efforts that they have right now need to be directed toward finding a candidate within the the nominees that are left um, that uh, can can create. A, a groundswell of, of, of activity and support such that you can beat Trump at the polls. The, 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 the media, as well as the Democratic Party, have got to find a way to quit playing Donald Trump's game. Donald Trump is going to win in a, a, a what, what I think um, some of my, 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 my fellow African Americans would call a, a dozens contest every time because he's been doing it all of his life. And the minute you get into a, con- into a battle of wits with a a witless person, you're 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 just not gonna you're not gonna look good. You're gonna get dirty, and the pig enjoys it. And I think, quite frankly, they need to spend all of their time right. looking for a candidate. Uh, all of their time. Dan Lipner, 
all that being considered, I go to the question I asked you before as you were entering the studio. Why didn't why did the the Democrats seem to overplay their hand and again, we could have scripted this out as far as the acquittal goes. Would a censure been a better deal for them and gotten more play for them coming up into a presidential cycle? Well, I disagree with the premise of the question. Why? Um, so the yes, it would have been better to have won. Absolutely. Who doesn't want to win anytime you step on the field of battle? Um, that said, some of these issues in play are more than just the issues of the moment. They're also a nod to history, as Alan correctly pointed out. Several. Uh, Republican senators said, yes, we believe the president did it. Yes, we believe it was wrong. However, most, the supermajority, bar except one, uh, punted and said, while we think this is, he did this and we think it was wrong, we don't think he should be removed, with the exception of Mitt Romney. But, but this emboldens the president. I mean, th- this acquittal literally gives him ammo to go straight into November saying, huh, look at this, witch hunt, oaks. Those words are going to be flying around. Like yes, and now Democrats can point to Lamar Alexander. They can point to Susan Collins. They can. They can point, but these are all people that voted to acquit him. No, they voted not to remove him. The. Well, no, I, I think that's a. I mean, that's a semantic. It's call. their words. <laughs> no, 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 Lamar lost, Alexander lost, said. Will, Hold on, Admiral Ken. Yeah, that's a, that's the problem. Some of these battles are not the battles of the moment. So I'll look to the side of the Republican Party. The Barry Goldwater that led to the Ronald Reagan's lost presidential bid against Gerald Ford that eventually led to the Reagan Revolution. Some of these issues take time. And the question is whether or not people of good conscience are actually on the side of right or right or wrong. And the people who you're, suggest you're that giving. the people who suggest that it was nonsense, that it was just a witch hunt, that is that is provably wrong. You are giving and there are plenty of much. Republicans that are on record saying, yes, wow. the, pres- the president did it. Yes, the president was You're- wrong. However, no, we don't think he should be removed. Wow. Is the altitude a problem out in Iowa? Because I... Is it not what was said by multiple Republicans? They still voted to acquit. I agree with Dan. I mean, I think this is getting ratcheted up. And, you know, as I commented earlier, I think there's a culture of fear in the Republican Party. And obviously, we're not seeing that play out now. But as Dan stated, you know, these are things that could play out in the future. And this could actually end up flipping the you other think way. That th- you think this backfires on Susan Collins? You think this backfires on uh, Lisa Murkowski? You think this backfires on. Marco Rubio. It could. Maybe wow. not now, not next week. Uh, I, but I, I, oh, oh, Hold on, Alan Moore and then Admiral Ken. This, this is what we call at this table wishful thinking. <laughs> this is putting <laughs> lipstick on a pig. Right. The, 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 the Speaker Pelosi had it right for two and a half years. Don't impeach, don't impeach, don't impeach. She lived through the Clinton impeachment. It wasn't bipartisan. It worked to the to the president's favor because of a highly predictable acquittal occurred, and it worked to the president's political benefit, even though he was clearly guilty of felonies. But the 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 conclusion was. It's not worth removal. And that's what Nancy Pelosi feared. And then she got caught up because of the Ukraine mess. 
than simply saying, let's go forward. And attempted a legal electioneering. Let's be a little clearer on that. Ukraine mess suggestives was just little innocent phone calls. I I listen to your talk, Dan. I mean, I know you don't don't like to hear (laughs) logical arguments that are contrary to, (laughs) to your hope, your wishful thinking about the damage this is going to do to Trump and the Democrat and, and the Republicans. Look, I was disgusted with everything that happened in Ukraine. I just happened to share the view that Lamar Alexander expressed. I know it's hard to believe that when somebody does something outrageous that it shouldn't lead automatically to an impeachment. But the moment they went down the impeachment road, it was very clear it was going to be partisan. It was very clear it was going to stay partisan unless some really odd thing emerged out of all of this, because if it weren't going to if it weren't going to be uh, acquitted, then you'd have to take about 20 members of of the White House and 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 march them out and and bring charges against them because there would have been a cons- an, an illegal conspiracy. Now, I'm not saying there aren't some arguments for that, but. You know, this was just a a, a messy, ugly, should have been bipartisan right. on the censure issue that you raised. That would need to have occurred in the House. Once they went down the impeachment road, you couldn't make that switch. You couldn't convert during a trial to a censure. Today, they, they now that it's over. Right. Either house could move towards censure if they chose to, but just as they but could that, have done that, would, that to, to, they could have done that on, to Clinton. Hold on, I mean, they could have. My understanding is, and talking to some people in the Hill familiar with it, is that when they were in the inquiry phase, when it was in front of the committees of Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff, at that time. Before any of these reports went to the floor, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats could have said, "You know what." Let's take a step back. Let's review the strategy. Let's look at censorship because we can get as much out of censorship as we can out of what is going to be a absolute acquittal based on what we're hearing from the Senate. Th- that was the time and to I do it. Only, that would, th- would only add. Admiral Ken, go ahead. To what, I would only add to what Alan has said, the fact that you have to view what's going on in Washington from outside the beltway. And it's much easier for me to do that now than it was this time a year and a half ago when I was sitting right next to you guys. Most Americans, most Americans are not going to be tuned in to the pay-by-play breakdown of what goes on inside impeachment and, and inside of the impeachment trial. Most Americans are not going to approach uh, this with the same knowledge of the Constitution and the law as the folks on this on this on this podcast have. Most most Americans, quite frankly, don't really care unless it impacts them directly in their lives and in their pocketbooks. And I'm telling you right now, you know, the Republican Party came out of this smelling like roses, and the Democratic Party came out of this looking completely inept. You know, so I I, I tell you what, I I don't think the Republicans came out looking, you know, like they fell into a bed of roses. And here's why, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, in my opinion, has shown probably the best display of political courage that I've seen since uh, Bush 41 and him raising taxes against his no new taxes policy, which ultimately cost him a second term. The the reality is 
I believe Mitt Romney voted his conscience. I believe he voted exactly what he the way he needed to in his mind under the oath that he took when this went to the floor of the Senate. I will tell you this also. The response from Republicans, I mean, when, when uh, what's his name, Schlapp, the head of CPAC, says, we are disinviting Mitt Romney from CPAC, and they start name-calling. And, and then today Quote, says— out of fear for his physical out of, safety. Out of feel, fear for his physical security. You are physically threatening, in a way, a seated senator from your own party. This, I think, is another underlying— factor where the Republicans aren't looking good. It looks like that they are taking the dog whistle from the White House and they're now eating their own. Well, can we? It's bigger than that. And this is the while the president was going to continue to make a fool of himself regardless because that's what this president does. He did take it to a new and special forum that we hadn't quite seen. Uh, the president was his own worst enemy yet again bringing his acquittal and some um, special language to the National Prayer Breakfast of all places, um, in, in lending some weight to to uh, my, my argument about the, the history of where this stuff goes. I challenge you to look to either Bush, Ronald Reagan, Gerald Ford, Richard Nixon, who, by the way, tried to edit his transcripts in order to keep that kind of language out of the public eye. Um, or Eisenhower. I mean, this is this is part of that conversation. So it's yes, you can go to where the American people are. Right. However, I can do Admiral Ken's point or challenge Admiral Ken's point. The average American voter cannot name th- the three branches of government. The idea wow. that wow, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but that could have been the most inside the beltway Alina's thing I think I've heard you say in a long time. The point, the point being, is if you, if you're going to right, if you if you're going to weigh things based on what the American voter believes and does not believe, then you know we better start spending an awful lot more on foreign aid because they think half the budget goes to it. Some of this stuff is insane. So. I, I hear the argument, but it's also worth noting it was reported. I don't know the accuracy of it because of polling of the of the time. But supposedly, when the day Richard Nixon left office, he had a forty percent approval rating. Right. So, saying the American the, the American voter is the per, the people to rely on for issues of right and wrong on issues that they might not even know the full extent of the facts. Right. Is somewhat of a challenging argument on its I, face. I mean, I, I mean Aaron, did, well, did, no, Dan, uh, go no, ahead, Dan, go ahead, Dan, Admiral Ken. Dan, Dan, no, it's not quite that simple. I, I love your brother, but it's not. So, yeah, you, you might you, you might not want to rely on the American people for a, a sense of what's right and what's wrong, but they make their voices known in November. And what I'm trying to tell you is that right now, right now, unless something dramatic happens, you're looking at a Trump second term. You can still because do what's guys, right and still play on, to win. Hang on, hang on, I, hang on. Your guys haven't quite figured out that we're not going to elect a socialist, that we're probably not going to elect someone who's openly gay, and we're probably not going to elect someone who wants to give away half the budget to health care. I'm sorry. I realize that's probably very impolitic to say, but let's let's deal in truth here because as soon as we start doing that, we'll all be healthier for it. All right. Aaron, as far as – and I don't disagree with you at at all, Admiral Ken, but here's the thing is going to – Going to Dan's point, you know, you bring up the prayer breakfast. Uh, traditionally, that has been a great opportunity f- in times of divisiveness 
where the president come in and say, look, this is, a, this is the exact form we need to bring everybody together in the name of God, faith, et cetera. Uh, instead, Trump comes in and does a victory lap. Why, why, would he, why would he miss the opportunity to try and do some healing? And does because that optic... that's not who he is, brother. That's not to you, duh. Dude, that's to Aaron. I'll get back to you in a second, Adam. Sorry, sorry, I think that's sorry, a great sorry. question. I, I just um, read about it, another development um, and perhaps reading between the lines. Um, obviously, this is unrelated, but... I've worked for several administrations, more on the foreign policy side, but I know that, you know, I've worked with many religious organizations from all over the world, and religion has always been a galvanizing, unifying force, which obviously the National Prayer Breakfast has has celebrated for, for a long time. Um, you know, I, I'm seeing developments that recently there's a uh, international religious freedom alliance which uh, Taiwan was was left out of, and it I know does not seem to relate to, to you know domestic policy, but I think it may indicate a divide and conquer type of approach and mentality which is a diversion from other Democratic and Republican administrations who have really leveraged religion and, and um, you know, all different religions, um, you know, as a as yeah. a unifying force. And I, I think mean, we're seeing a, 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 a completely fundamental um, mentality. Yeah. And, and I, will, I will tell you, that is a that is an absolute Another topic for a huge show that we could do that. We could do a half hour on that. Absolutely. Um, Alan Moore, the, 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 the bottom line here is, is that, uh, and we'll get into this in the next segment with the fallout of this, but the prayer breakfast leading up to the State of the Union, which he did right after, uh, or right before, the day before the vote for acquittal, um, is... Is the president literally doing this solo, or are there literally Republican leadership encouraging him take the victory lap? Let's let's take this for a test drive. There are no doubt a handful of people who say go for it and who embrace it, but of elected poll and of course there's this national cult that follows it, follows him, and and is true believers in that regard, but. But but that is not what uh, you find in the Congress to the uh, a broad degree, are, particularly are hearing... particularly in the Senate. There there's there's the, the House and the Senate are different. You have right. a lot of lot of cheering um, uh, for for uh, fact things that were just totally uh, uh, lies. Okay, in the speech, uh, particularly about the economy, things that just were not true, um, and plenty of other stuff. Um, but the the great enthusiasm was coming from a you know a, a cluster of members uh, of the House, um, the Senate um, a lot less enthusiasm, and unless and, you include and, unless you include uh, Lindsey Graham. Well, so I'm talking about people standing up and yelling in the in 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 cheering in the course of the uh, of the speech. If you could watch you watch some of that, if you knew where people were sitting, you you realized where the noise and the action was coming from. Uh, even on the Republican side, I, I don't think I think I think the speech made a lot of people very uncomfortable. The prayer breakfast visit made a lot of people uncomfortable. Here you got this non-believing, 
no class president who chooses to use the prayer breakfast as a as a forum it's a victory for lap. some of his ugliness. And then he's in the East Room of the White House, I think, is where he really took on um, Mitt Romney, uh, who, who, whatever one thinks of, of Romney's stand, it, 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 it was full of principle. And there were a lot of his Republican colleagues who who later congratulated him and 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 so on for taking a position that they might disagree with but that they but they knew was going to be problematic for him and his family and, yet, and he took it anyway and yet the um, trolls and, continue to oh, take but on that, it. That, 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 that's on. fine. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm talking about his colleagues. Okay, the the people he lives with every day, works with every day, um, and and there's a handful of senators who kind of went after him. Right. Very, very few. If you if you watch and if you look, um, I mean, they all work together. They all live together in that regard. So the the question is, why do the evangelicals still support him? If, that, yeah. Even and, and, and you won't find a lot of evangelicals they, who will say, way to go, you were right about Mitt right. Romney. They do not agree about ridiculing somebody's religious um, beliefs and, 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 and people who invoke their religious belief in explaining something. And once we get through this whole fallout from the impeachment, we'd have to talk impeachment again. I, I'm with Aaron. I, I like the idea of doing a big, uh, big show on that one. We're going to talk about that in future episodes, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the fallout that's happening here in Washington, the bloodletting, the, the, the river of guts that is happening coming from 1600 Pennsylvania. This is Backroom Politics. Stay with us.
from Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hey, we're back. Uh, We are talking about the uh, fallout after the uh, presidential acquittal in the Senate on charges of obstruction of Congress and abuse of power. And the victory lap and the bloodletting that's now going on here in Washington, D.C. The, the stories here are just amazing. Let's start with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, who was ceremonious, unceremoniously walked out of the White House and the National Security Council offices in the uh, old executive building here. With his brother. With his brother. Yeah, you can't forget that. His twin brother, by the way. Um from there, we've also seen the uh, resignation that many are saying of several key uh, diplomatic uh, diplomatic figures. Uh, Aaron, who, who, how many have how many diplomats did we lose since the acquittal? Well, um, there was uh, Ivanovich, Sondland, right? Um, one with Ivanovich being a career diplomat, right. foreign service officer, Sondland being a political appointee, right? And then Vindman, um, who was who's, on detail, who was on detail to the White House. as a military so he officer, still technically works for the Department of Defense. They're still paying not technically, his no, technically, it's he's not technically. He a is member he's a member of, of the U.S. Army, the military. Yeah, he is. Well, this yes, is nothing exactly. technical at well, all. No, I mean a lot of people. <laughs> no, a lot, no, I, I agree. They don't. They don't understand that he's still is employed by the U.S. government, right? By yeah. the Department of Defense. He he has lost his current posting, but right. he has not lost Aaron, his job, unlike the other two ambassadors who were fired. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron's oh. right. A lot of a lot of Americans were under the impression that when Vindman was walked out, that he was he lost his job in the army. But his his career is over. His, his career is over. He'll never that. see he'll never see a promotion. His career is over because the way it works is uh, for officers, they'll put together a promotion board. Even if his name comes at the top of that list, that board, that letter gets vetted by the president before it goes over to uh, Congress and um, uh, and then uh, blessed by the Senate, yeah. confirmed by the Senate. Now and if you think his name, if you think his name is going to get past the uh, the president's committee, you're absolutely you're mistaken. Absolutely I'm sure not. State Department would take him on detail, though. No. no. You won't touch him. <laughs> You're high. You're high. No, 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 no. Let's not laugh too much about this. No, no, no. This is a serious thing. Everybody, hold on, hold on. Everybody's talking over everybody. First Dan, then Admiral Ken. No, so, so, so this is a soldier who did his duty and and did it honorably. You can you can challenge his political sense in what he did, but there's no. There's been no claim that he said anything dishonorable that was anything that lacked integrity or anything dishonest. But you forget the part where even military officers, we serve at the pleasure of the president. I, I'm not disagreeing with that statement. What I am saying is it sh- the this what this soldier did should still be looked at and the and the vengeance that the president is taking upon him and his brother who didn't do anything at all right uh who's just collateral damage on now, this he's been fired he has been cut loose so, from the federal government so this no, is no 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 i don't what, think so I, I, no, he's also a lieutenant colonel in the army he's uh, just a lawyer um, they're they're still in the in the U.S. Army, and I, I want to say something about uh, about what Ken said because clearly 
at least and, and and Ken's saying he's done and he believe me far be it for me to to debate Ken because he knows this he lived this but here's my thought on the matter Vinman the moment he spoke was done for all practical purposes and in fact the stories are that that basically he he his his responsibilities shifted within days after he testified and in recent yep. weeks he was emptying out his office in anticipation right. of moving prior to the June of 2020 date when his current temporary assignment was over so right. this this happened it had to happen now the question is what does it mean for him and the, the the my only point, Ken. I guess maybe it's a question. Clearly, he's not gonna gonna get a great posting in the moment, but down the road, and maybe it it you know we don't know what's going to happen in this election. There are a lot of people who were furious about what appeared to happen to Vindman. Um, he was, certainly wasn't fired like a lot of the narrative was. Um, and so I guess I would for me, the jury's out on what it means for him down the road, because the, it, it really depends. It, it really depends on one, uh, how much time he's got until he has to retire. So in the event in, in Alan, you're, you're, you're right. In the event, um, the Democrats, you know, figure out a, a course to true north and they, they come up victorious in, in November and Benman is still in the army, then all bets are off as to whether he's got to get out because I think he'll be taken care of. Right. But in the event, in the event that that does not happen, um, he will uh, probably go to his next posting, good or bad. He'll time out when it's time to retire. And unless he does something criminal or stupid, he'll get the retired full pension yeah. as a lieutenant colonel. Yeah. That, after, that... after 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 your point after your point after honorably serving and doing his duty and being but a recipient day, and being a recipient of the Purple Heart. And, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, every officer in the United States military serves at the pleasure of the President of the right. United States. End yeah. of story. He's done. I mean, his, his career is done. I mean, you, Admiral Ken, you and I let's find out who's the next president because that's. Oh the, no, no, he he will be gone more no, than likely. More than no, likely, he will Ken, not be gone before before this election. Before this no, election, no, he will not. I am telling you, I have seen this before. I have been in a headquarters unit. I am telling you, he is going to be forced to put in his retirement letter because number one, it's for him for his benefit. It is better for him to retire now with full pension, full benefits, without having to stick around the Pentagon, which is where they'll probably bury him and have him be pressured and have to see the other side of the river and being that close. Trust me. I disagree with you. Period. Well, you can, but the reality is I would venture to say, Admiral Ken, tell me I'm wrong. I think you're right, Justin. Thank you. Anyways, Aaron. This is not according to a military source. This is according to a a former ambassador who has um, a lot of experience working with the military. Um, But, um, you know, this is through, uh, you know, a a forum that that I I am a part of. And his views are that... um, you know that there will well he 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 cited the fact that the secretary of defense Esper said that there would be no retaliation for officers doing their duty and i guess that vinman was previously at the national war college and supposedly will be going yeah. back there um or and, to N- yeah to ndu national defense university over at fort myer uh, Fort yes. McNair. Or Fort McNair, rather. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then also uh, his brother, 
um, who uh, I guess we had also right. forgotten to, to, to mention, um, will be uh, going to the office of the Army General Counsel, which is normally regarded as a, as a decent job. Right. So I, I think at least in, in, in some people's eyes, uh, you know, according to the source, if, if that is correct, that they well, won't necessarily yeah, be wanna... fired or demoted, that, that they, they do have some um, onward uh, assignments in, in, in they, the department. Well, they got to let them finish their, if, their if, career if, anyway. Aaron's, if Aaron's correct, it actually sounds like some people might be uh, using their own brass literally to give him some, give him a shield. It, it, that would, that would, that, that would not be out of the ordinary. However, it would be a possible career ender for everybody else that gave him overhead coverage. I mean, you do not, yep. you do not. And, and trust me, I've been around the military for 30 years. There, 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 that is not correct. And right on the news, when the joke I made before I came on, the the current head of the Navy SEALs is retiring yeah. because he did take on the White House. He Admittedly, he and lost, as did the former Secretary of the Navy took right. on the White right. House. And, and guess, there and are guess people who still, take things on, still, on principle. And guess who's still in power? The White House. And guess who's retiring? Those individuals. Those two guys. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, so, so, just so, 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 therefore, you're you're on the on the Trump side of things. I'm everything, not on, no, no, everything, no, 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 Everything no. should be done no. out of out of radical no, self interest. No, 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 Dan. But, but that is you, not. Justin, wait, 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 wait. That, no, no. Justin, let me answer this. Justin, that Justin, is not Justin, what I was saying. That is not what I was saying. Justin, yeah. Justin. Yeah. Dan, it's like the time you were going to wear the starfleet uniform to my wedding. Okay, you'd have gotten to the gate, but they'd have shot you. Yeah. Okay. The, the the issue here is not what you want; it's how it is. The fact of the matter is, officers in the military report to the and White I, House. They're they're not. Hang on. You, you know, for all the wishful thinking as to around Colonel uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Vindman's uh, future and his brother's future, for all practical purposes, the one who testified. His career is over. I, I, yeah, I am not. So, no, no. Let me clarify. I'm if not talking were, about wishful thinking here. I'm literally talking okay. about commending integrity where it stands, and people who are risk, who not only have risked their their careers, but clearly took it, took their careers and ended them out of their principles. Now, at this point, we're talking about about people in uniform, but those aren't the only people in the federal government who have done that. Those folks deserve credit. And people in the diplomatic corps, and Ambassador also, I mean, there are many, and, and Ken knows this, I mean, there are many people with military backgrounds who go into civilian roles and, you know, are reincarnated. Actually, in, one of the ambassadors to the Ukraine was one of those exactly. folks. Exactly. Um, so I think that this, you know, may not, uh, you know, he not be, may not be vindicated uh, soon, but you know, perhaps in the future, Which, depending well, we on uh, the political outcomes. But I just want to raise one one thing, and 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 I like Ken's uh, perspective on this. I mean, the the Secretary of Defense did say and respond immediately that there would be no retaliation for officers doing their duty. Do you think this provides some kind of top cover? No, or that's no. just no. that doesn't mean anything. No, it, it, it's a, it, was, it was a pro forma statement. And he's got to make right. that statement. Is someone going to basically go after them and then write him bad evaluations because he, he testified? Absolutely not. Or is anyone and, going to is, – is, is, is his name going to get past the, uh, the, the president's uh, staff when it screens for the, the, the guys going up for 06 for, for full colonel? No, 
but he's done. I, and I don't want to continue Again, down this path. Not for, this president. It, it, I'm just saying, let's let's let this go because there's so many other things we got to talk about. I mean, uh, Alan Moore, this thing with Lindsey Graham is just mind-boggling. Which thing with Lindsey Graham? Uh, his appearance. Oh, I, I didn't know that there, <laughs> there was more than the face to nation. Uh, the face to nation uh, um, appearance where he. I don't even know how to describe his appearance on Face the Nation this Sunday. You're going to have to because I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No. Okay. Was... Oh, that's right. You were on your way back traveling. <laughs> so, so, if you so, want my so, comment on it, so, you got to give, yeah, yeah, yeah. give me more, man. You so, give so, me more. So, the, so the long and short of it is, and yeah. I am paraphrasing it loosely, so forgive me on this, is Lindsey Graham basically outed that uh, Rudolph Giuliani's information is being funneled directly to the Department of Justice. However, he also coupled it with an odd statement saying that this is con- the continuing Russian mis- disinformation campaign trying right. to affect U.S. elections, which sounded odd to basically everyone, um, but it also highlighted something that people might not have been paying and, attention to, that and this everything like, on that Ukraine call is actually happening. Right. <laughs> and on top of the fact, on top of so, the fact and, it now transitions to the Attorney General Barr, who came back the next day at a press conference and said, you know what, uh, because of what Senator Graham said on Face the Nation, we are creating a process that will allow the senator to bring the information and allow the information that Rudy Giuliani had gathered in the Ukraine and bring it up and begin a process of investigating any possible crimes involving Hunter Biden and Joe Biden himself. It is a bizarre interaction. Not bizarre. This is how it should have been. <laughs> it should have been a year ago. Um, instead I, well, of secret conversations, minus Rudy Giuliani, yes. Secret <laughs> conversations with Ukraine. It's like if we think something happened with the Bidens, then we should be investigating it ourselves. Not this unreliable, corrupt uh, enterprise in Ukraine. But if we think there really something to look at, let's go look at it. But we, let's but, but, us but, go but basing look it at off it. of the information and the quote unquote intelligence of the investigation of Rudy Giuliani and Lev Parnas and that crew? Right. I have but no that, idea. I don't know what they've got. Right. I don't but know what Rudy, they've got. Rudy Giuliani crime fighter. Right, but that, that's where the second half of Lindsey Graham's statement is so weird. Right. Because essentially he's saying this is part of the Russian disinformation campaign, which made it literally he was, it sounded like he was trying to split the baby going, all right, I, the president's but not going to no get baby. what I'm saying here, but really this is a fake story. Department of Justice, pay attention to this, this electioneering thing. I don't and, think— it, I think he's just so used to, 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 to claiming everything is fake news that, that just somehow no, no, works. But there's no baby. Well, I mean, Lindsey Graham— actually is on record <laughs> saying the Russians interfered. I think he's trying to do some harm to Giuliani. That's my view. Uh, wow. You think but, that Lindsey Graham greater end to get him Graham cut out of the is, president's orbit? Wait, you think Lindsey Graham is trying to take a shot at, at Rudy Giuliani? I think he's saying Rudy, you say you got all of this stuff? Give it to me. I'll give it to the attorney general, and we, we'll see if there's this something is, there. This is either and the, I don't the think mo- anybody thinks there's much there. We'll but, see. I mean, I, this is either the smartest play that Lindsey Graham could have ever created politically or the dumbest thing he's <laughs> ever done while a senator. This is this is the most complicated episode of Real Housewives Ukraine we've ever seen. <laughs> Admiral, Ken, Admiral Ken, bring us back to earth here for a second. Uh, does, Giuliani, does Giuliani really— 
hold that, in your opinion, does Giuliani really hold that much power that, you know, he's going to get his wish of having a DOJ investigation started on the Bidens as they lead up to presidential election cycle? I think the president's, um, uh, uh, the act of the Senate to keep the president in office has basically given uh, the opportunity for for that and, and much worse to happen. I think that um, that given the fact that the president thinks he, quote, did nothing wrong, that he is basically – everything that he's been doing has been blessed um, by the American people, uh, paraphrasing his words. I think it's entirely possible that you're going to see uh, an emboldened Donald Trump, an emboldened Donald Trump uh, using his power to, to, to make political investigations. Absolutely, I think it's going to happen. Sorry, I just did. Uh, Dan Lipner, legally, the attorney general said that the department is very careful in dealings with Giuliani. Giuliani still <laughs> under, is still under. <laughs> we, we have to remind everybody that Rudy Giuliani is, is that still. that before or after the pin was pulled? The, well, the, 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 Rudy Giuliani is still under federal investigation, as is two of his associates. Uh, it, I don't think it's it, been officially confirmed. It's been reported. The, the, his associates are absolutely targets. Right. And hell, a couple of them have been indicted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Lev Harness, the, the focus of a lot of the speculation has been indicted. But he, but here's the question is- Who, by the uh, way, had videos and multiple recordings of with the president who said he never met him. Right. But, yeah. On top eh, of that. Details. But, details. <laughs> but, here's, but here's the thing is, uh, does, is, is Bill Barr playing a really, really dangerous game right now as far as- in one hand, appeasing the president and his supporters by giving them this investigation, however, by basing this on questionable operations that were possibly the subject of obstruction or of abuse of power by letting Rudy Giuliani go over there, letting him run the Ukraine Situation. Are you Susan Collins' speechwriter? That was some those some impressive contortions you just did there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But but you see my point though. I mean, is 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 this one or the other? I mean, to me, this seems like a really crazy game of of twister, if you will. I still believe the person we haven't officially heard from yet, and John Bolton's the leaks that came out of his communications with the Justice Department um, that. Barr wanted no part of this and thought the whole thing was a nightmare. And I suspect what he is doing right now, um, while I'm not a Bob Barr fan by any stretch of the imagination, I think he sees this for the disaster it is that everything Rudy has come up with, including, I mean, one of the last statements he said was, uh, I'm trying to remember, the three people that he was able to say were actually people who meddled in the 2016 election and could confirm that the Democrats were conspiring against Bernie. I mean, some of this stuff is QAnon kind of crap. Right. Um, and if they're listening, I'm expecting a oh. hate mail now. Right. Uh, but the uh, Bob Barr's in a in a in, in a in an impossible situation because the president's nuts and he's getting fed some information and he. Well, again, I, I am not a fan. I don't really quite know what you do other than resign, right. but it, it, uh, that requires a bit more of a spine than he has shown thus far. Alan, Alan Moore, Jerry Nadler just yesterday, I think, sent uh, Bob Barr, uh, Bill Barr a letter, the attorney general, 
asking him to recuse himself from anything involving Lindsey Graham's allegations and anything involving uh, Giuliani saying that uh, there was questions about the process and the role of the ex-mayor. Could he be a part of an actual or a source of actual investigation? Uh, Is Jerry Nadler overplaying his hand? And no. just showing that this is sour grapes. No, because he's they... he's playing his non hand, and it's irrelevant. Why? I mean, why? What, why he's is gonna, he? No, he he doesn't. Apparently, uh, Jerry well, Nadler. Well, say, I mean, Jerry Nadler is the chairman of judiciary. Yeah, he apparently, we, thinks and, it's and, relevant, and, and we <laughs> and we know how much influence he has as we watched who was in charge of the the, the impeachment presentation in the Senate. Uh, it was not the chairman of judiciary. So he asks for recusal. That's fine. The re- and it's ignored. Um, uh, Barr will make that choice if Barr finds that, not because of Nadler, but if he thinks that, A, he <laughs> probably doesn't want to touch this thing, so he may want to just turn it over to somebody else, but he's going to have to turn it over to other people anyway. It's not like he's going to drop everything else he does and, and start sitting in front of a computer and reading all of this stuff. So. So what 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 my understanding uh, of what 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 Barr has said, if there's some credible information uh, about th- this subject, bring it to me and we'll look at it. We'll see what to do with it. And I don't know what's going to happen because uh, I don't know what it, what the it is. Fair enough. Ian, quick question for you. Does. Does Bill Barr survive if. President Trump is elected. Does he go into a second term with Trump? You mean politically or physically? Uh, it's Both. Got, it, it, it's got to be heart attack inducing each time the pre- anything <laughs> from the president starts. Um, <laughs> the I, I don't I can't imagine there are many people that want to stick around. Any people with legitimate integrity that want to stick around this president longer than they have to. And judging from the huge amount of turnover of of people within the administration. Particularly for, for, for some of the more choice right. positions, state, defense, um, amongst them, the yeah, it's going to be. I can't imagine he's going to want to stick around much longer, um, other than if there is something they're saying that well, you know, if I'm not doing this, somebody far worse than me is going to take the job next, which is sort of a legitimate position right. to take. Based on who this president picks to uh, surround himself with, but who knows? And by and by the way, uh, Aaron uh, brought up Roger Stone, but let's go to legal counsel here, Dan. Uh, it was an entirely improper influence from the White House to the Department of Justice to to even so, to even put any hint so let, as far as how the sentencing well, let, should be handled. Let's put out what it was happened. Entirely improper. Let's put out what happened <laughs> is DOJ announced that they were recommending a seven to nine year sentence for Roger Stone for his conviction. Uh, the White House said that this was. Donald abs- Trump tweeted it directly. Don't put the varnish of the White House. Well, I'm sure they followed up afterwards. Donald Trump spoke to it directly right. from his fat-fingered Twitter account. Easy, easy, easy. He's still the president. It was entirely improper. Uh, yes, he's president, and the president did something that was absolutely uh, wrong there. Alan Ward, in the grand scheme of things— Yeah, that's right. In the grand scheme of things, does all of this that happened over the past week— embolden and just give not just power to Donald Trump's presidency, but is there legitimate, should there be legitimate fear that this 
has given just uncontrollable powers to the executive long term? We don't know. Uh, and 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 I don't. We don't know a short run with Trump. We don't. I mean, I, I, believe me, I'm not here to say that 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 he's he's quote learned his lesson and he's really gonna 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 get with quote the program now. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying that at all. I I do, however, have the view that short term, the people around him, who provide advice, thoughts, input, they push in, they back off. It, it's really difficult for us on the outside to understand the dynamic. We see the result. We know the president's not a good listener. We know he doesn't he, he doesn't read. Uh, he's not curious. He's not a student of history. He's not a student of the law. He has this this he has no empathy oh, this, or remorse. None, none, neither of those. But and he, <laughs> no empathy or remorse was the comment. And 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 he uh, and, and he puts this this uh, really, really dangerous belief in his own views and opinion, which, as we know, are, are, are in most things uh, very uh, uninformed. Um, and uh, it, it means you can guess right, even if you don't have a lot of information, but you can't guess right again and again and again and again. So I don't, you know, there, this question, well, is he going to start talking to other uh, governments around the world and say, investigate this and investigate this? That, just remember, the Biden-Ukraine situation was pretty unusual, pretty unique. It it was worth a look, but not the way he did it. And, yeah. And, it, and so long run, long term, does this mean that, that that presidents, uh, including this one, are going to just feel free to do whatever they want with impunity. I don't. And, I, I'm not ready to, to say Ken, that. I think we don't know that. And can he? Alan brings up a really good point, though. If the president can go after, if the president can go after Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, Joe Biden being the former vice president, now a civilian, running for president. Did Donald Trump actually shoot himself in the foot in all this? Because now if a Democrat decides to do this, they can go after Donald Trump after he's out of office. And is he you think he doesn't care about that? One, I don't think he cares. But two, I think all of this can be couched under the banner of someday there will be a Democratic president in the White House with a uh, supporting Democratic uh, House and Senate. And I can tell you, memories are, are, are not short, especially in Washington, D.C. They're long. And if, if, if any of the, the folks that are voting Republicans are listening, uh, uh, that are Trump is listening to this, you might want to think about that because it's come up and it's going to be due. Dan Lipner. So the one element that we kind of overlooked going back to the impeachment issue and, and bringing it forward to this conversation, Mitt Romney's uh, – argument for not voting for uh, obstruction of Congress was an important one, and one that I actually think deserves, uh, while I didn't necessarily agree with him, I agreed that his argument absolutely had merit. And his claim was that the House did not take all of their subpoena requests to the end of the line, meaning to the Supreme Court, to fully challenge it to the final extent of it. And once they had a court ruling arguably up to the Supreme Court saying the president must do this. That's where the Nixon tapes ended. The Nixon tapes were a unanimous verdict from the Supreme Court saying, why? no, the why president must comply. Why didn't they do that? 
That's that's part of the question. I, I suspect, and, and to be clear, I think they should have. I think they should have been shouting from the mountaintops, going through the court system. And this is even Jonathan Turley's argument, the the one professor that the Republicans called uh, to, for their side of the argument, saying that this is the duty of the House. There are reason there are three branches of, of government, not four, because you need that odd right. number to, to guarantee that the balance in that check is there. Right. So Mitt Romney actually had a legitimate point okay. there. And that's the real question as far as the... Uh, the, the power right. of the presidency, love, which has been unresolved thus far. I'm going to let that be the last word. On behalf of Admiral Ken down there in South Florida, Dan Littner, welcome back. Always good having you in the studio. Alan Moore, uh, Aaron Harbaugh, always good having you back. Uh, Charlie Burney, our host and proprietor here at Podcast Village. Maddie, the engineer. And, and Ken. And I already said Ken, down in Florida. See? you gotta stay. You got to stay with me, Charlie. Uh, Emma, Emma, the producer, back there in the glass-enclosed cave. Thank you. And by the way, you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. You can follow us on our website, backroompolitics.org. Uh, Patreon site coming soon. You know, this stuff costs money and we got to pay our bills. Uh, also, you can download us as your favorite podcast on Google, Apple, uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, I you can download us on TuneIn Radio. You can follow us on Spotify, Spreaker. We're kind of a big deal now. Hey, have a great week, America. See you.